oh, what it would be like to be a tree for a day, feeling the wind in your leaves, the sun on your trunk, and to feel sublimely rooted to the earth. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. After our recent mid-May wind and snow spell, which now feels like a distant and foggy memory, I took advantage of a momentary warm, quiet evening to paddle a stretch of calm river water. The glass-like surface of the water reflecting the cloud-streaked blue sky and golden light of the setting sun without the howl of wind or sting of wet, blowing snow to interfere was a welcome change of pace. An osprey and a wood duck flew overhead. A porcupine climbed up a paper birch. A hermit thrush snapped mayflies out of the air, and a beaver slapped its tail on the water, interrupting the tranquility of the evening. At sunset, the spring peepers switched on, their chorus following my paddle strokes as I headed home. In the narrow backwater where my journey ended, the surround sound of the peeper chorus was almost deafening. I thought about how fleeting the spring peeper chorus always seems to be, but remembered that soon a new amphibian chorus would take their place, the chorus of the gray tree frog. The trill of the gray tree frog has always made me think of the tropics. And really, tree frogs as a concept make me think of the tropics. But these small frogs are a North American original. They range from eastern Texas, north to southern Manitoba, all the way to the eastern seaboard, though they do not exist as far as northwestern Maine. These small frogs are just as extraordinary as they sound. Gray tree frogs range in size from just over an inch to as much as two and a half inches so they are about twice the size of a spring peeper. They also have a toad-like wartiness about them, unlike spring peepers, which have smooth skin. Hyla versicolor, their scientific name, refers to the varied colors these small frogs can sport as they are able to change their colors depending on their surroundings so they can better camouflage. Their habitat also helps them camouflage. While we are used to looking for frogs on the ground or in the water, Gray tree frogs spend their time on the branches of trees and shrubs near shallow water, making them especially hard to find. They are able to grip both smooth and rough bark thanks to their belly secretions and 18 specialized toe pads which help them stick to bark like a suction cup on glass. For such a small, elusive frog, their call is anything but elusive. The call of the gray tree frog is one of the loudest calls of all North American frogs. They breed later than most other local frogs, so we start hearing them after the clacking of the wood frogs has ended and once the chorus of peepers in the evening is no longer a novelty. Individuals in a gray tree frog chorus will increase the rate of their calling up to 1,400 calls per hour. This routine uses a lot of energy. In fact, it uses more energy than just about any other activity of a cold-blooded animal. The singing is worth it, though, as the reproductive success of males is directly related to the number of nights they sing in a chorus, and the females apparently like the fast calls the best. So before you hunker down indoors during evenings this week, consider heading outside to listen for the loud trills of a gray tree frog chorus. And if you ever feel unseen or unable to make a difference on your own, remember this lesson from the gray tree frog, that even the smallest hidden things can make the biggest racket 
especially if they collaborate. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Theme music was by Apiliated Woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Gray Tree Frog Calls, recorded by Lang Elliott. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.